When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was talking about the Met game. I should make mention this guy, Nate Fisher, was working in a bank last year. And he made his debut for the Mets yesterday and pitched three scoreless innings. And as big as Montana was with those two home runs and all that stuff, this guy, Nate Fisher, stepped up in a big way because the Mets were struggling pitching all day. Even Trevor May gave up a home run. So, uh, Nate Fisher, congratulations on your debut as a New York Met. All right, uh, later on today, the Governor Kathy Hochul will hold a press conference. She's going to talk about the monkeypox outbreak, which she knows nothing about. She's going to talk about COVID and these new injections, I guess, that they're giving for the monkeypox. When I want to talk about these types of things, there's only one guy to go to, only one star on Fox News and one of the best doctors we've got in New York, and now a dear, dear friend of mine, Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Mark, it's Sid. Bernie's out today. How are you, pal? Sid, we always start with the Mets, and I'm concerned about Walker's back. I mean, when yeah. you start injuring your back as yeah. a pitcher, that worries you. And then what's with DeGrom? I love DeGrom, you know, but they're, they're not letting him go too deep into games. I think they're still worried about him. And I'm on here always telling you the Mets are going to win it all, but I don't know. The Dodgers looking great. What do you think? No, the Dodgers are the best team in the NL, there's yeah. no doubt. But the Mets are right there. They're right there. And you have your concerns are legit. DeGrom, you know, and uh, Walker left with an injury. Carrasco left with an injury. But as you know, Doc, it's a long season, 162 games. And very few teams are not bit by the injury bug. I mean, the Mets need DeGrom and Scherzer in October. That's the bottom line. Not August, in October. And if those guys are going to be healthy and the Mets can hold on, they can uh, they can win the World Series, there's no doubt about it. But you know, uh, baseball, uh, Doc, is about attrition. Who can stay healthy at the most important time? So I'm looking to see if DeGrom can build his arm strength up. That's the key to me. I think, I mean, he's 34 years old, but he's really, I mean, there's nobody that's better, actually. So no, him nobody. and Scherzer, I agree. Yeah. I agree. They could be the team to beat. If his, if his arms. And they score. I mean, again, you saw that yesterday, 10 runs against Philly, two home runs for Canna. Alonso's yeah. having a big year. Sterling Marte's having a tremendous year. Lindor's having one of the best years of his career. That is a really potent lineup. So if they can stay healthy on the mound, as good as the Dodgers are, the Dodgers are better. Uh, but in a short series with the Grom and Jersey, you never know. The Mets could absolutely win the World Series. And the bullpen's looking good, too, yes. right now. So. Well, except for yesterday. But although Nate Fisher was great. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm, I'm wrong. Nate Fisher was yeah. great. The starter got beat up. Let's uh, let's talk about this monkeypox stuff, Dr. Mark. Hochul's going to have a press conference today about these injections for monkeypox. You were on with me and Bernie about two weeks ago. You talked about how it's pretty much exclusive to the gay community. What's the latest with uh, monkeypox? It still is. It still is. It's 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 gone up multiple since we talked about it. Close close to twenty thousand cases in the United States now, predominantly in the gay and bisexual population. You know, funny thing, Governor Hochul spoke last weekend at a place, an undisclosed location that I was at with John Casabatidis, and she said. It was the only thing I heard her say that wasn't purely political. Clearly, she's not strong on crime. But she did say they shouldn't think the feds are giving New York City or New York 
enough of the monkeypox vaccine. She said we had gotten a very small percentage and we're the number four population in the country and we have the most monkeypox. So that's what's concerning. So they're trying to figure out a way to give the vaccine where you only take one-fifth of the dose in your skin, smaller. I think that that works. I think it works. But I think, you know, it's just this is another example of public health being caught unaware with their pants down with this vaccine <laughs> supposedly stockpiled in Denmark, you know, and, 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 and they don't have any of, ready of it, any of it ready to go to prime time. Well, let's I guess the, the question that most people want to know is how bad can this get? And, and not just for homosexuals, because right now it's pretty much exclusive to them, but for heterosexuals, guys like me. Well, I'm going to the gym, for example, today, New York Sports Club. Should I worry? No, and you're not going to get it from casual contact. And, and what's not being told here is it's mostly people with multiple sex partners. And I don't – it will – look, it may eventually spread into the, into the heterosexual population, but by then we'll have the vaccine for it. The fact that we have the vaccine, older people that got the smallpox vaccine – uh, that actually has a big impact. I am not worried about this. I, I don't think it's all hype. I think it's real. I think it shows it exposes our public health system for being piss poor here, but I don't think it's going to take over, and I don't think you personally have to worry about okay, it. Okay, good. Thank you for that. Uh, now, Dr. Mark Siegel, tell me about COVID. It remains a conversation. There is still a healthy amount of New Yorkers in the city, in the city, not where I live and not other places, that walk around with masks on every day, whether it's 80 and sunny, it doesn't matter. They're still wearing masks. What's the latest with COVID? Well, that's just, you know, a psychological overlay that has not gone away. You want to know something that's going to blow you away that you don't know, Sid? L.A. County Parks and Recreation is mandating that young kids wear masks during sports activities. Are you kidding me? Oh, my you God. You need to take a Jeez. full breath. Oh, yeah. You need air in your lungs. You're going to pass out trying to do a sports activity in a mask. Uh, remember, by the way, the, and remember, the governor of L.A., Gavin Newsom, is a guy that the Democrats are taking very, very seriously as a possible big-time candidate for the presidency in 2024. Just remember that, folks. Which means that he'll get about two votes on this show. <laughs> So they're making, they're making kids wear masks out in Los Angeles. But I think here, I think here in New York, outside of these psychos on the Upper West Side and a few people on the ferry, I think it's pretty much over, yes? Yeah, yes. And, and now, look, I'm not, I'm not mocking masks. I think when I interviewed the CDC director, Walensky, last week, I think she made a good case for they still have some use. But for people at high no, risk, people in very close quarters, we're not talking about people walking down the streets. Those are psychotic. I mean, you're walking down the street with a mask. You know, people that are healthy and young don't need them. I think, I think it's, a, it's, it's a way of people saying, you know, we, we've had some kind of psychological da- damage and we're going right. to carry it forward rather than any infectious disease gain. It's a way of people saying, I didn't vote for Trump. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's their right. message. It says it on the mask. <laughs> yeah, I know. It says it right on the mask. It's I know. Democrat on the mask. And the mask is over your chin. The thing is printed Democrat or, or anti-Trump or something. <laughs> so you did speak to Walensky last week, and it was a great interview. In fact, I tried to call you that morning, and you were busy doing that. So congratulations. And that was the day where the CDC actually came out and admitted they're a mess. And I've been saying for months 
Joe Biden, the White House, all these government agencies, they actually recommend, suggest, actually mandate stuff based on the CDC. And I don't get it because much like the WHO, much like Anthony Fauci, much like Dr. Burks, they've gotten nothing right for years. Why are we still taking the CDC seriously? Explain that to me. Well, first of all, I think that the, what came out is that the CDC is a based, based on a culture of vetting, 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 vetting. They even have committees within to vet. It's like something out of Kafka. You have a committee that says, well, make sure that, that it's health disparity and, and equity is all checked. Those boxes have to be checked. Every box has to be checked before information is released. So by the time you get out information, they're months behind where the science actually is or where the virus is. I also never liked the idea that natural immunity, that when you got over COVID, that they never acknowledged that that, that that should have given you a pass. It was already true in Israel, Europe, around the world, but we, we stuck on that. And then excess r- regulations on masks and vaccines came from CDC. I think the CDC didn't have a focused message. But here's the, here's the other headline here. So, yes, I think CDC still has good science, but I think they have to change to in real time, not in retrospect, not a, sound, not a, not a tape, but actually in real time. But you know what the bigger issue here is? They're scapegoating Dr. Walensky, who's actually an excellent scientist. What about Bashira, the head of the head of HHS? What about right. the president with his messages? He wears a mask one minute, he doesn't wear it another. That's right. He takes it off to use the microphone, he puts it back on. How about the press secretary always spouting science? I mean, President Biden said he was going to come in on science, but he came in on politics and he stayed with politics. Well, ask you about uh, Bernard for a second, and he said, I can do this, I'm going to do it. You know, he's been struggling. He's been getting chemotherapy and uh, radiation, really uh, dating back to January. And he's gotten a lot of it, a lot of it. Um, And now he had an appendicitis attack on Thursday, and his appendix actually burst on Thursday night. You can die from that, as you know. He did not, thank God. He's one of the strongest bastards you'll ever meet, this guy. He is proving it day in and day out. But uh, is there any correlation between the appendix going south and chemo or radiation? Is it just a coincidence? I don't know if this is even a a good question, but those two things are happening simultaneously with Bernie, and I'm scared to death, so I'm asking you the question. Well, I think that there's a correlation in terms of it can can make the wall of the appendix weaker, and then depending on where he received the radiation, if it was in that area, but also the other concern is that once you have a problem where you're getting infection in the in the parent in the uh, in the abdomen, it, it, the having been on chemo weakens your response, your immune response. But the good news is that antibiotics usually work on this, and he made it over the hardest part of the already, and he should get better. He absolutely should get better with the antibiotics. Now it's a rougher road because of the chemo. He is going to get better. I've never heard of somebody getting chemo for like six months, and some of the early chemos, not even early, for months at a time. He would go for chemo on a Tuesday and get it straight through Friday. And I've never heard of that. I've heard him go for a day or two. Uh, he was doing three, four days. He still does it. He just now splits it between New York City and Long Island. Is, is that something you hear of these? I never heard of that. You know, usually it's hormone therapy like that you get like that, but you can get chemo for that. The good news on prostate cancer is they're finally coming out with some targeted therapy. Uh, well, hold, hold, hold on. Listen, I, I'm not a doctor, and he has not told me anything very specific, and I don't ask him because it's none of my business. But when you're getting chemo, the amounts of chemo he's getting for this long, this is not just prostate cancer. You don't got to be a genius to figure that out. This must have spread somewhere. Yes. 
Uh, there's no question about that. It's not localized or you wouldn't be getting this. As you say, I don't know the specifics. The chemo and the radiation absolutely would indicate that it has spread. But as you said, and I have written about this, he is tough as nails. Somebody going to beat this, it's him. And, and not only that, there are newer treatments coming out that we're going to be able to use. And he, he's hanging in there and he's tough. But you're right. It's it's very very. It's obviously a very very uh, aggressive case. Yeah. And uh, what else is in the news? Uh, we discuss cancer. We discuss COVID. We discuss well, monkeypox. You know, monkey you know uh, there's two other things you, you you should hear about. One you're going to love, but not love. You're going to hate. Which is that we're seeing more and more cases of polio from the oral vaccine. You no, know, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Nicole Sapphire is a friend of mine too. And uh, she was on last week, and all I did was kind of intimate, Dr. Mark, intimate that these people crossing the border, we end up with all these diseases, including polio, and she shot me down right away and said, Sid, 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 that one is not because of the migrants coming over the southern border. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I almost always agree with her, but I would put it a little differently. It's where you – it's not – they're not bringing polio across, but the problem is that the oral vaccine – which is the live virus, which is where these cases are coming from, are given in certain parts of the world where there's still hot spots. Pakistan, Afghanistan, Nigeria, they get the oral vaccine. But you know where else they give the oral vaccine? In Mexico. Oh, boy. Mexico still is the oral vaccine, and the oral vaccine has a live virus. It's a weakened virus, and that's what's causing these cases. So I cannot tell you for sure that these cases don't come from Mexico. Again, there's no polio in Mexico, but there's the live vaccine. We don't use the live virus vaccine here in the United States, but it just shows you, and you you could talk about the border as part of it, but what about travel? People come into this country all the time. We don't screen them. We don't know what they're bringing. We don't know if they had that polio vaccine a week ago, a live virus vaccine. We don't patrol any of this. And the Custom and Border Patrol people have told me at the airports, plus people lie to us. I mean, you're not going to go up to a, a, a Custom and Border Patrol agent at an airport and say, excuse me. I had the live polio vaccine <laughs> two weeks ago in Pakistan, right. and I come in. Right. So look at you like you're crazy. Right, of course. No, they're not going to. My daughter, by the way, Ava, my beautiful daughter, is in Mexico right now. <laughs> Funny you bring up Mexico. And what was the uh, the second thing you wanted to uh, put on us after polio? As if that's not bad enough. Well, I wanted to talk about some very sad story that's coming out, which is that children are eating too much marijuana edibles, and we are seeing overdoses. And that that went up six times in upstate New York, according to poison control centers. Wow. Six times over the past two years. They look like bright candy. They look like chewies. They look like gummies. I mean, a lot of kids don't know what they're getting. And you can get, you know, severe abdominal pain. You can get psychosis. You can get behavioral changes. You know, look, we, we can have a whole other program talking about what I think about pot. But the main point I want to make is, since you and I were kids, they've changed the concentration of THC in this stuff from 2% to 30%. Geez, that's a big difference. Yeah, you know, I've always been in favor of legalizing marijuana, gambling, prostitution. I just don't know why you would have the bad guys making all this money and struggling cities and states couldn't make it. But I also don't encourage the use of marijuana. Like, you got a guy like Jesse Venturi, he's like, 
I love so the weed. And he goes, I don't know how great it is. You know, if, if you need it for medical reasons, that's one thing. But recreational marijuana, like Danielle, for example, she's an attorney, and uh, she's getting into the licensing of these places because you can make a ton of money. And for me, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I just it just feels wrong. She's like, oh, please, Sydney, give me a break. But I, I really, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure about uh, legalizing this stuff. Yeah, but you just covered the topic beautifully. You know, you, everything you just said, I agree with. In Europe, in places in Europe that have that have head shops, they, they limit the percentage of THC in the product. I think you're right that here, if it's illegal, it's not better. It gets it gets it's even worse. It's laced with fentanyl. It's right. more unsafe. Right. So I, I don't th- I, I don't think that it works either way. It's a mess because yeah. people out there don't realize that the product itself. And you're right. I mean, I'm a libertarian basically at heart. I'm not against you know regulating this, but I don't like the information on this that right. young children are actually eating these gummies. Very bad for them. I think um, one night this uh, winter, you and I should go to a Nick game. Go to Keen Steakhouse before and eat a bunch of edibles together and see how we react. How about that? I think we'll be eating a lot of steak that night. <laughs> I know that. That's a good point. Hey, it's a great steak. Why not? Actually, I watch a show on Sundays, and you're not going to believe this, Doc, but it's called Delicious Destinations. And it's a guy named Alex Zimmern. And like in the spirit of Anthony Bourdain and others, he goes to all these cities all over the world to enjoy the delicacies. And last night, Keene Steakhouse, because they had the very first ever Muffet Chop, or what is it called? Is it a Muffet Chop? But they had yes. some type of steak. They, they had the first steak ever in 1930s, a certain type of steak, and it was Keene Steakhouse. I have to tell you how classy they are, and you know this, and I think I've said it on the air. After the last time you and I were there, and it's you, they see you, they say, oh, wow, this is this Los Angeles uh, you know, star from movies, a, a gangster. He may, he may bring the place down. He, they think you're a real gangster. So we're there. Afterwards, they sent me a freeze-dried T-bone that was the best stick I ever saw. Is that right? They are classy. No, they didn't. Did they really? Yes, they didn't know your address, but they, they, they somehow they had my what? card. They actually sent me a T-bone. That wow. was unbelievable. Uh, listen, they, so we're going there next. We're I can't wait. I can't wait. So enjoy uh, the rest of your summer. We'll talk again, but excellent job today as always, Dr. Mark Siegel. You're really a great guest and a terrific guy. Thank you so much. Great to be on with you, sir. Take care. All Have right, my man, Dr. Mark Siegel. Check him out, Fox News. And we covered the gamut there. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.